Welcome to the Wellness Panel, hosted by Midwest Aries in partnership with Mental Health Ireland. Each month we bring you a panel discussion on a range of mental health and well-being topics. Each webinar is recorded live and is available to view in full on the Midwest Aries YouTube channel. Hi everyone. How are you? Lovely to have you here today. Um, my name is Margaret Keane and I'm Education Training and Development Officer with Midwest Aries. Um, delighted to be here. Uh, this is a little bit different than the normal workshops that we run. This is a, a webinar, so I can't see all our lovely participants. So I know you're there. I can see I can see the names and I see the attendees online. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, you saw there in the opening slide that uh, our title for today's discussion really is educational pathways um, to uh, well-being and recovery. Um, I'm delighted to be joined here today by um, some really great people. I know them well. Mike O'Neill, uh, who is our manager here at Midwest Aries, Killian Keane, who is the Education Training Development Officer at Midwest Aries, and of course the lovely Claire Flynn, um, our Development Officer here in Mental Health Ireland. So I'd just like to, uh, to ask my panelists to turn on their videos so we can we can see them. And look at that, there they are, lovely. I felt I was talking into the abyss. Um, great to see some friendly faces. Um, and just before um, I kind of hand you over for kind of introductions, just a couple of things. First of all, I just want to say a very big thank you to Mental Health Ireland and Claire in particular for um, you know helping us out with this partnership. Hopefully, this is our first step in, in the water when it comes to webinars, and this will be the first of many. Looking forward to them, uh, Claire. So thank you so much for that. Also, to I have to give a shout out to Limerick Lifelong Learning um, Festival, who's been doing great guns um, in the last few weeks, promoting a huge program of events, and we're delighted to be part of it yet again. We were um, we took part last year, and that was really successful. We've had actually this is our third event this week so uh yeah and it's the flagship one so we're delighted to be here and the theme for this week is future learning adventure and future learning um and i suppose we've been on as an organization and probably mental health ireland too over the last year in terms of recovery education and what that looks like um online because prior to this we were very much face to face so we're all learning new things so without further ado, and if I've missed anything out, please guys come and come in at any stage. Um, I'll be passing over. Actually, I just want to just go through the running order. Why didn't I do that? We are on for about an hour today, so stick with us. Um, uh, we'll have just a general discussion, but we do want to ask you to ask the panel questions about this topic. Um, you can do that by, if you go down to the end, there's a kind of navigation bar and you should see Q&A. If you open that up, you will be able to submit a question. Now, if a question comes in pertinent to what we're discussing, either of course jump in and put that to the panel, but we will have a separate, about a 10 minute Q&A session towards the end. Um, and uh, we'll finish also with a little bit of signposting to give you some direction if you have more questions or if there's resources you want to kind of read or discover for yourselves. So we have those towards the end there. We're not having any chat today. Um, it is all um, Q&A. I think we've got a Q uh, we've got a question in there already. I'll come to that in a minute. Um, and just to let you know, we're so delighted and a little bit nervous as well that it's, it's being recorded and recording as we speak. So you'll be able to look at this at your leisure or rerun it or share it with people and um, through either 
our YouTube channel or Mental Health Ireland. I think I've got everything there. I'm now going to pass you to my lovely panelists. Um, and uh, yeah, Claire, do you want to say hello to everybody? Yes, hello everybody, um, and thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to Midwest Aries for uh, partnering up with us on this webinar, and also to Limerick Lifelong Learning Festival for always hosting such an amazing list of events um, that promotes learning in in Limerick and in the Midwest as well. Um, my name is Claire Flynn, and I'm the Development Officer with Mental Health Ireland for Limerick, Clare, and North Tip in the Midwest. Um, I've been working in mental health since uh, 2014. Um, and it's an area that I love and not just because of the fabulous people that I meet, like our fellow panelists here, but also some of the attendees. So thank you so much for having me. To do the unmuting, I, have to, I always forget that. Claire, thank you so much. It's great to have you here. Really excited, um, excited to have this discussion. Um, so thanks again. And I'll pass you on now to um, my colleague, Mike. Mike, how are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic as anybody who knows me will be my standard answer and um, I'm the manager of Midwest Aries and the Aries stands for Advance and Recovery in Ireland Education Service and, and as, a bit like Claire uh, the programs we deliver like it is recovery education so uh, there's lots of different groups and organizations working in this way and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it as we go along because uh, a lot of people participate and kind of it's yeah, it's just an interesting subject. And um, so my role at the moment is I'm manager, but I would have had different roles. I started as a volunteer and involved uh, in paid employment in this uh, in area since 2018. And uh, difficult and challenging work at times, but really interesting. And um, every day is different. And uh, yeah, and I suppose we all believe in, I suppose, like mental health recovery, managing our well-being. And that's the motivation for doing this. And it's helping others as well. And uh, I better stop because, again, I'll be uh, enthusiasm and belief, I think, is kind of the common trends that like why people get into this. And we'll be dipping into that as we're going along. Thanks, Margaret. Great stuff. Thanks, Mike. And I suppose that's why we're all here. I think it was really great that you introduced your kind of pathway, started as a volunteer and now is managing a service. Um, so that'll be really interesting to take a kind of deep dive into that if we can later on. So thanks for that. Um, and enthusiasm is good. <laughs> that's what we want. Passion and enthusiasm. And that's what we have in spades here. Um, so Killian, how about yourself? How are you doing? Hi Margaret, hi everyone, you're all very welcome today. So my name is Killian, and I'm the Peer Education Training and Development Officer with Midwest Aries and I suppose I started as a volunteer as well about a year and a half ago and worked my way up to Recovery Education Facilitator and now in the role of Peer Education Training and Development Officer. So it's, it's been a journey that I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed the area of mental health and really passionate about the whole area. So really looking forward to today's discussion and delving more into recovery education and the educational pathways into mental health as well. So thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Killian. And again, great to have you here. Um, I remember I started as a volunteer with you back in January, whenever it was, 20, 2020. And uh, look, at we're here now. It's great. Um, so I suppose just actually before I start, I just want to say hello to all the participants that are coming in. Really appreciate that. And um, particularly people who are with us online this morning at our workshop. I did say I'd say hello to them. Um, they were all very excited when I, when I spoke. So great to have you here. So please keep the start putting your questions into the Q&A. Um, we'd love to see them. So without further ado, let's just get down and get, get down and deep into recovery education. So I don't know who wants to come in first, um, 
Mike, I might let you start there because you, you were kind of getting a segue in. Um, so recovery education, what is it and why is it important? Yeah, and, and I suppose there's there's a guidance document out there. And I suppose when we historically going back in, well, in still relatively recent years, and it was kind of how where the mental health services were looking at, how do we reimagine the service, make it better, improve, and looked at bringing in, you know, a, to complement, I suppose, the, the clinical recovery models that are essential for people, um, but to also treat the person and not just the illness. And part of that was identified was the need for recovery education where, and there's a brilliant, so there was a framework created and we called it the National Framework for Recovery and Mental Health. And it goes into that about, uh, in detail, but there's four principles, but there's a line here that I'm going to read and I think it sums it up. And it says, recovery education is the process by which individuals explore, assimilate and create the knowledge required for recovery to occur in their own lives or in the lives of those they support or, or provide services to and in the local communities that sustain individuals recovery or that sustain individuals in recovery. And there's a number of components in that and there are six principles. And one is that it's co-produced. So even in that sentence that I gave there, where it says individuals who use the services, people who provide the services, but also the community um, support organizations out there that can support both families and people who use the service. So to co-produce content in recovery education, we bring those um, cohorts together and we start uh, with questions. What do you need? What does it, what, what would help in recovery education? What should a module look like? Where, what sort of topics? So we never set agendas. And I suppose one of our lines is, and we always use it quite frequently, is what happens when you ask people? So the next piece again, so of those six principles, so that's what co-production looks like. And we quote that in all of our, um, I suppose our recovery education models. It uses an adult learning approach where people choose to do it. They opt into this and it's that shared experience. And the second, the third one then is that it values the principle of lived experience. And that's bringing in from whether it is a staff perspective, service user perspective, or somebody who just like with a general interest, you know, people work and support people, families and friends. And so where we can look at we don't focus on the illness, we focus on the wellness and the recovery. And it's the sharing of that knowledge that that may be the light bulb for somebody else. And therefore then they can apply that in practice. And that's the next principle, which is called experiential. So it's the reflecting on the doing of what I have learned, what I have heard. And, and it's a bit like today, sometimes when it can very often normalize things for people and it facilitates peer support. So by just your presence alone and somebody saying or expressing a view or an opinion, and that makes it, God, that's how I feel. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was alone in the world. And here I am attending a recovery education module and it's full of people just like me and we all want to support each other. And it's a key principle of it. And so therefore the final principle is then it increases recovery knowledge and service capacity. But that's not just we say it. So for service delivery and people providing the services and the families who support people, it can build up their confidence 
they can pick up tips and tools, look at how they resource themselves in that work, and also then for the people then who um, need guidance, you know, or need that extra bit, or learn about, well, God, I never thought of that. I might give that a go. And so there's different characteristics to it again, which I won't get into. And uh, because again, I could talk about this all day. And um, so I'll hand it back to you, Marit. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. Thanks for that run through in terms of the framework. It's just that was a really good walkthrough in terms of what underpins our work um, and, and why it's important. I know for me, one of the things when I first came across Aries as a service and just blew me away was the idea of co-production. I had been working in education and e-learning um, for many years before, before that, but had never heard of this. What is co-production? So um, it really having now worked with Aries, you can really see that that you get in really great learning outcomes because of that co-production element and that co-delivery element and then again that co-evaluation element so um i just love the co-bit and what happens when you ask people brilliant things happen when you ask people um thanks mike um i might claire i might come to you in terms of your perspective from mental health Ireland in terms of recovery education and what it looks like to, to you as a as an organization and, and to you in your role well it's uh for, with mental health ireland it goes from everything from an individual learning about their own recovery um and they can do that through the you know through the many recovery colleges that are throughout ireland which mental health supports midwest areas is one of those um, and then also through the many peer um, centers that are around the country as well and mental health Ireland supports those as well and um, mental health association so it, it can take many many forms but it has that expert by experience, that peer that Mike is talking about is becoming more and more important. So, you know, a person can use their lived experience as their first step towards maybe volunteering or working, you know, as a recovery educator in services. Um, and Mental Health Ireland then, you know, there are third level courses there available for anybody who feels that they want to go, go along that route as well. There are several available throughout the country as well, supported by Mental Health Ireland. But for what I've seen from my own work um, over the last number of years is it usually starts with the person themselves wanting to learn more about themselves, learn to, wanting to learn more about, you know, how to manage their own experience. And then quite a few of those people then have, you know, decided that, you know, I want to use this to support other people. I want other people to learn from my experiences. And, you know, and they've become volunteers with like a local mental health association or a local, you know, a local mental health group or with Midwest Aries or a similar recovery uh, college and, you know, have learned then how to share their experience, and how to use their experience in a positive way. Um, and every time I've seen that, it's been incredibly powerful because as Mike said, you know, that co-production piece, that piece where you get people who have had similar experiences together and learning from each other, that is such a supportive space. Um, and it is a space that's constantly changing in Ireland. Your mental health services are changing. And part of the reason why it's changing is because peers have decided to take those steps, you know, to become more involved in how mental health services are operated, to become part of those co-production groups, you know, that help to change mental health services from the outside in and from the inside out as well, so that it is more person focused. Um, and Mental Health Ireland has been at the forefront of that for quite a quite a long time. Everything we do is co-production. So, you know, we provide a lot of training and workshops as well for everybody. So everybody can learn about their own mental health and how best to support it. But generally that's done through co-production. So we'll always involve the people who want to learn about their mental health and 
in, in having a say in how that how they learn about it, what will work best for them and what what do they want to know. So for me, from the individual right through to the corporate, you know, the people involved are the most important part in terms of wanting to learn about their mental health and how to share their experiences. Absolutely, Claire. Um, it is. It's the magic of the piece, really, and that, you know, having the centrality of the lived experience there at the core of everything you do and the amount of resources that you have on Mental Health Ireland website is just fantastic. And it was only last week or the weeks are all coming together so quickly now that we have the new family resource page, which is just fantastic. Um, I only wish I had that when I was growing up, you know, it's just it's just great. Um, I have a question um, that's just come in. I think it's pertinent to what we've just been discussing. So I'm just going to I'm going to put it to, to all of you and Killian. I don't know if you want to take the lead on this. Um, how would a person make the first step into getting into, into education with the focus of eventually working in the area of mental health? Yeah, sure. I'll go for that one, Margaret. Yeah, I think it's about doing the research, you know, doing the valuable research for to, to become knowledgeable about what courses are available. Because my course that I did was the DCU course, Peer Support Working in Mental Health. And I suppose that was a stepping stone for me to get into the area of recovery education and the role that I'm in now. And it was just the small steps that led to the next step and the next step. And I think being in recovery education now, it's just, I see how valuable it is and I see how beneficial it is for people on the recovery journey or anyone with an interest in mental health. And I started, I suppose, as a volunteer last year with Aries and then working my way up to recovery education facilitator and now in the role that I'm in now. And it, you, you just don't know where a, a course or a, a, a workshop will take you and learn more about different things that will take you on your journey to get into the area of mental health and find a course that's suitable for you. So I think to sum it up, I think it's doing the valuable research that will get you on your way and making sure the course is the right fit for you. Maybe do enough research that you know that it's going to be beneficial and there's a long road of education behind you as well that you can see the benefits of the course by doing it as well. So yeah, I think that's... I love that actually, Killian, and, and, you know, taking the time to do your research, making sure that, you know, it is the right fit for you, that you're, you know, it, and also you might have to start a foundation level and then build up. So to build your capacity. Yeah. So and it's great to hear as well, Claire, that there's a kind of range of courses uh, available for people so that you can, you know, literally go step by step and build that capacity and maybe end up in third level. Yeah. I don't know if you want to come in there, Claire. Yeah, if you don't mind, because I mean, for me, for anyone who has lived experience and, you know, is maybe far enough along in their wellness that they are thinking, I want to put this to good use in some way. Um, I suggest starting maybe with some of the courses that uh, Recovery College like Midwest Aries puts on because not only are you getting, you know, the educational programs that they provide, but you're watching peers do, you know what I mean, who are a bit further down the path than you are. And also then as well, anyone who provides any courses, we've been more than happy to provide um, support um, to anyone who's interested in doing a course, any college, any community college, any university, you know, they would generally have access offices to support anybody coming back maybe to education. Um, and that's how I, I ended up back in education. I went back to do my degree when I was uh, 40. I left school at 14. Um, and, you know, the access course, and the access offices were so helpful to me because I was absolutely terrified. Um, you know, and having support like that was really, really amazing. And Mental Health Ireland as well, there's a lot of information on our webpage, but we'd be quite happy to offer anybody support or to give them information about the different courses that we uh, are part in partners with, with um, NUIG and uh, GMIT, Cork, 
and um where's the other one? Oh, sorry dcu killing so that's <laughs> so uh so there's loads of information there and loads of support as well and i would suggest as well reaching out to somebody like killing or yourself margaret or mike you know as well and asking the question because i know if um everyone in the recovery colleges all around the country are only happy to help and happy to help people along on their journey and i'm so glad Claire, that you brought that up in terms of because you know if you've had mental health challenges and you're, you know, whether it's re-entering the workplace or re-entering education, the anxiety that's there, will I be able for this, all of those things. So it's great to know that, and you're absolutely right, anybody that can get in touch with us signposting, uh, it's just, it's good to know that. And actually we've got a couple of questions in on the Q&A again around that, which is just perfect. So we've got the first one here from Laura uh, Killian. Um, how many years was the peer support course? It was just a year long course, so it was part time. So I think I was doing two uh, days every two weeks and that ended up to being a year course. So I think it started in October to around April, May. Um, and there's obviously assessments throughout. So it's a really beneficial course. I think with the DCU course, um, it was just really informative and gave me the skills to help support people with mental health challenges. And it definitely taught me about different styles of leadership relating to each individual and working in a person-centered way and using a strengths-based approach as well. And it just helped me delve more and more into a recovery-oriented service as well day-to-day. -day. And I think that's really important to the work that I'm doing now day-to-day -day as well, you know? So yeah, definitely, even if you check on the DCU website itself, you'll be able to find the certificate in peer support working in mental health. So hopefully that answers your question, Laura. Brilliant, thanks so much, um, Killian. Um, we've got another question here. It's kind of related, but it's more kind of the career side of things. Um, but again, it speaks to that anxiety of kind of re-entering the workplace. Um, so, so if we can take that now, I think it'd be good. And again, Mike, if you want to even come in on this one, yeah. what is the one piece of advice you'd give to someone who may feel anxious about starting a career in the area of mental health? And, and I suppose career changes because I think when you hear Claire, you hear Killian and you hear me and you hear Margaret, we all took that leap of faith. We all were in working in different areas. And, and it was kind of that moment where you realize I need to do something differently that can help me. You know, maybe the, if we've been involved in volunteering that altruism where we like to help others, there's reward in it. Because as I would say, when you work in the area of mental health, there's huge challenge, but there's massive reward. And, and you don't get to feel that, in, you know, in a lot of, you know, business jobs or factory jobs or, you know, if you're working in shops. And I've done lots of jobs and it is the most rewarding work that I've done. And so in some way, I suppose the anxiety is kind of, it's a leap of faith. And, um, and just kind of, because it, it's kind of like a, you reach the point in life where it's kind of, I have an itch and I need to scratch it and you go with it. And like Claire, I would have left school when I was younger. And it was kind of, and what somebody with a mental health challenges and probably had stuff there my whole life. So in that, it would have been around, um, it's the personal development piece. And so, and we were quite deliberate today. So again, for anybody who was kind of wondering, the, the conversation automatically went off on career paths and doing those courses. But very often, I think for, for even people who are, I mean, I call people with lots of qualifications who come to our workshops, um, you know, so it's not for people who don't have an education. We have many, we have doctors, we have lots of people who come as attendees who are wanting to learn because the title that we have on the workshop today is Educational Pathways to Wellbeing. 
and recovery. But well-being could be functionality, getting out of bed in the morning. And that's my goal. So, and it's, and while, as I would say, the whole process of co-production, co-delivery and recovery education, yes, it all sounds simple, but that doesn't mean this work is easy. So, and it is about figuring out for the individual and for somebody to hear it takes many years, you know, to get to the point where, you know, I can have independent living, you know, I can consider now starting a career path, you know, so um, it's just, it, so, so there's something for everybody in this and that's the beauty of it, because if I was to ask somebody in one of our workshops and say, what does recovery look like to you? That individual could be in the acute unit or they could be a professor in UL. It don't, because it's the same question and the answer is individual. So, and in the sharing of that, you know, so it's, it's to look at, you know, educational pathways to well-being and recovery. Because I was a bit like Claire for me, no education. I'm up to a level seven. Um, I'll certainly consider others. But again, it was something that was there for me, I needed to do for me. And, um, you know, so again, but for other people, it is just as important to have that just functionality. Um, you know, so that, that's, so to learn, like, so to learn those things for yourself is education in action, you know. And absolutely, Mike, and um, uh, like we were back in the acute unit um, in Ennis yesterday, and that very thing came up. It is all about capacity building. And it's where you're at right now and what's the next best step and kind of small steps towards, you know, whether it's education or uh, employment was a big thing that came out yesterday in terms of empowerment and finding meaning and purpose. So absolutely, I think it's so important to sometimes it's just and a lot of the time it is the basics and then moving on from that. And um, we do have some questions. So again, pertinent to this, so I'm just going to put them to you. So anybody who wants to jump in, please do. So um, just to confirm, are the courses you talk you are talking about um, online or in person? So I'll answer that one. So the courses that I'm talking about, uh, that um, mental health and support in the third level, they are all in person. Now, over the past year, they've been online. But once things, you know, hopefully go back to normal, whatever that's going to be, they will be in person again. Now, Mental Health Ireland does have a scholarship fund for peers. It's the Tony Leahy Scholarship Fund, and people can apply to that. Um, people with lived experience can apply to Mental Health Ireland for that fund for support, for financial support around returning to third level education with any of those courses. Um, and within for uh, anyone from the traveling community, um, it, it would be a fully funded scholarship for any of those courses because Mental Health Ireland wants to try and support um, you know, uh, people from the traveling community to, to get more information and more education on mental health for their, themselves and for their own community as well. But um, as well as that, then quite a lot of the Aries ones I know are online at the moment as well. And like so many other things and so many other uh, uh, organizations that are showcasing what they're doing during Lifelong Learning Festival week this week, quite a number of them are generally tend to be in person. Um, but I know that some people are talking about going doing a hybrid model, which is doing a mixture of both online and in person going forward, because the online does suit quite a lot of people as well, and particularly those with accessibility um, issues. So, but again, contact any of the colleges if you're interested, because they will be able to let you know what their plans are for the next year. If you're thinking of applying to start, say, this September, um, they will let you know whether it's going to be all online or hybrid or in person, um, if they know that. 
Great stuff, great stuff, Claire. Really appreciate that. And as you mentioned, all of our courses at the minute, the community courses are online and they are totally free for anybody to attend. Because the next question is, um, and it's always a question, um, how much are the courses, please? So, you know, um, I'm glad, so glad that you mentioned there the Tony Leahy Scholarship, um, because I think it's so important, you know. Um, does anybody want to have more have more detail about that um, around, or do, do they know? Yeah, I don't have the top of my head, but if you go on to mentalhealthireland.ie forward slash education, um, it will bring you to the page and each of the third level courses that I'm speaking about has a section there on it. And there's a, a, the link back to the colleges there, which will show you where the fees are, you know, what the term is like, the requirements for entry, all that sort of stuff. But it also gives you the information of the course director and the course administrator. So if you have any further questions after that, you can speak you know, with any of them, and they can also forward you to the access office as well. And I know that the, particularly the DCU um, uh, organization, you know, really do try and support. I've, I've seen them supporting people to get into the peer certificate workshop um, peers themselves. So there is a lot of support there as well. And again, you can reach out to Mental Health Ireland as well. Um, our email address for support is there as well, if you're interested in any of those educational workshops or any of the recovery colleges. Yeah, and again, always ask because sometimes, uh, you know, because we all have individual pathways. So it's kind of it's, it's back. But what happens when you ask people? And again, with the ETB as well, they run courses, certificate courses. And again, mental health Ireland would have been involved, I suppose, at the back end of those, but they're available through um, like the, the local um, education and training boards, both Clare and Limerick in the Midwest and, uh, and North Iberia where people can link in with those and for some of the ETB courses if you if the course if you have a medical card as well some courses are provided free or you can get discounts and um, but also there there may be other options as well which I won't get into now but sometimes go through the citizens information you may have conversations where you can be funded to be supported in these as well even with the entry office as well sometimes you might be able to um, wangle you know entry to different courses and um, so and again I'm just looking at there was another um, answer a question just came in there is recovery education workshop a therapeutic group and my answer is no it's recovery education but for somebody who attends there can be most certainly be therapeutic benefits and that's the difference where people might say well if people are sharing information and stories it's not a therapy group because we take what may be said in a therapy group, but we're looking at the learning what can we take and how can we apply it now in practice for myself? But there can be, for, from the peer support element, there is most definitely, there can be therapeutic benefits. Yeah. Thank you. Brilliant, Micah. Thanks for taking that, that question. Uh, I think it needs to be said because um, uh, it, is, it is very different having a, a group, group therapy session and an education session. They are very different, but they might have similar outcomes in certain situations. Um, just to add there, Margaret, on that, yes, what Mike please. has mentioned, I suppose, recovery education, I suppose, offers a way of working with the expertise of service users, family members and supporters and services that are valued and utilised to ensure that the outcomes are made, I suppose. I just want to add that as well. And it's what might echo what Mike said as well. So, you know. Brilliant. Fantastic. I've got a couple of questions there and uh, I'm going to hold them for the moment because I've got a couple of questions. I just want to, I want to make sure that we hit 
um, because I really would like to hear, and I'm sure our participants would too, in terms of your individual pathway. What did that look like into your role now and working in mental health? So um, I don't know who'd like to start. Who'd like to start there? Will we go with, go on, Mike, go on. <laughs> and, and I suppose it's, I suppose, I would have used the mental health services for many years. And while attending um, the day hospital here in Limerick and was through my um, clinical psychologist at the time, um, Lucy Smith was her name. She's still working here in Limerick. And, but I suppose we really worked really well together. And it was really important that she could identify you know, what my needs were, and particularly around education and exploring those pathways. And she put me in touch with Neve Wallace, who is the now the head of service in the head of mental health services here in Limerick. And she says, have a, you need to speak to this one. And I suppose I had a number of phone conversations with Neve at the time, and this is going back to 2016. And, and I suppose the result of that was I was inspired by this woman's vision of what the mental health services looked like. I was just completely taken away with um, this whole, like the framework, but this was somebody who was living it. And I said, I have to get involved here. And so, and, and initially back then, I suppose my first involvement was with the Advance and Recovery in Ireland, um, uh, which called ARI project. And they were exploring at the time, what were the needs of all individuals? And so there was lots of stuff came up around uh, housing needs, education, individual placement support, um, discharge planning and recovery education was one of the, the main things. So I, I became involved in that. And, uh, and also then as a volunteer then with ARIES because the message for me was when I was using the services, I hadn't a clue about what personal recovery looked like. Because when you grow up with a with a, who you are as a person, so your personal development is, well, what does that look like? So I was trashing all that out over many years, engaged with the services and, you know, communicating with other people. And then I could look and say, well, what does recovery education achieve? It, achieved, it, it allowed me to fill in all the missing bits of the jigsaw. And now I can look back before there was recovery education. I figured all this out for myself and it took me many years and, and I did it the hard way. And as I would say, Geez, if, if there was recovery education around, you know, in my early days, it would have made my recovery journey much faster. It would have clipped years off it because I am the evidence of figuring it out for myself and everything that we speak about in our workshops what people say here's what i think here's what i feel here's what i believe i walked that walk with everybody and it and it all made sense to me because now i can say yeah stick with it because this is what works because i'm here now because i did it and i did it the hard way and if only those conversations were there it would have been hugely beneficial. So again, it was back to that. Being in, and people, you know, like I was inspired by the people who are working in the service and particularly, as I say, the head of service here in the Midwest who has that vision for change and making things better because I could have just said no one walked away, but uh, it's just, it, it, it works and it makes sense. Um, I better stop. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And I, I think it's, yeah. it's really important that people hear that 
piece around, you know, Neve and the head of service and her commitment to um, building a service that values person with lived experience, Mike, you know, um, and it's been so important to our work here in the Midwest and having that support, it's invaluable. And, and, and it's good to, to acknowledge that and for people to hear that, so thank you. Um, so just in terms of Killian and Claire, again, your own pathway, um, what does it look like? What were the challenges? Were there any challenges? Yeah, I suppose um, having a lived experience of mental health challenges as well, I just wanted to give back and give that hope to so many other people going through their own challenges because back when I was going through school and everything else there wasn't much recovery education back then so now that I'm involved in it I, I see so much benefit from it and I see how beneficial it is for people at this present moment and it's just great to be part of Midwest Series and the work that we're doing together to make the recovery oriented process as well or oriented service even and I, I just the challenges I suppose was finding the right course for me around that time you know finding what worked for me and the right fit that would help me along the way of getting into the area mental because I'm really passionate about it and about just threading that mess of hope that recovery is possible over time and that was probably the only challenge I suppose trying to find what was right for me around that particular time and it did take time like we kind of mentioned earlier on it might take a few weeks it might take a few months it might take a few years but just stay patient with it and stay committed to it as well you'll find what what is right for you at the end of the day and i'm sure as well so yeah that's pretty much it actually and i'll come to you in a second because i do want to find your pathway but just a, a question came in there that's probably pertinent to that killian yeah and you were saying about finding the right course and we've already kind of mentioned that before um so what advice you give to someone who um, wants to embark in some kind of mental health co course but is overwhelmed with the information and courses available like how do you filter and how do you find the right one i think it's about asking the right people asking find out the right information even what claire was kind of mentioned about people in the courses about the directors or the people involved the lecturers themselves or mental health ireland or any just find out the right information going to the proper websites as well and doing your good research now i spent hours and even weeks looking for the course that were um for the peer sport course for example and eventually i knew it was a right fit for me and look at it's led me to where i am now today and the role that i'm in now in peer education so i think it can be overwhelming i think it's just breaking things down into small steps and looking at what what you really want and i journal a lot and I journal out what I want to achieve what I want to get out of the next couple of years and I think it's, it's just having conversations with people that are in the service at the moment in the mental health service that are maybe that might resonate with you in a particular course or a particular area or field that you want to get into as well so it's all about the research and just making sure that again it's the right fit for you that you're not wasting your time doing a course that will, that's not, not going to be beneficial for you down the, down the road you know. Brilliant Kieran I think that's it it's, and, and I suppose well, all I'd say to anybody is ask. Yeah. Sometimes it's fine. It's difficult to find the right person with the answers, but, you know, and, and persist. If it's something that you really want to get involved with, persist. And you can start small. And I am a great fan of volunteering. I think you learn so much. And I don't think I could be in my role today unless I had, you know, spent the time volunteering with Midwest Areas. I just wouldn't have had that. It allowed me to build my understanding of what recovery education is and what that might look like for me. So that's my my tuppence worth on that one. Um, we do have a couple of other questions there, but I do want to come to you, Claire, because I think I, I, we'd love to hear your story of how you. Yeah. So um, I'm not a peer. I came to work in a mental health through a totally different pathway. Um, I said it earlier, I left school at 14, so I worked all sorts of jobs, you know, to support my family later on and stuff like that. And then 
uh, as I said, in 2010, I took the opportunity to go back and do a degree. Um, so I did a degree in Mary Matlock College, Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and Media. So through that psychology part of my degree, then a part-time job came up in the Mental Health Association when I was finished um, as, a, as a, a worker there. So I applied and got that job. Um, and the other part of my pathway then was volunteering. I had been a community volunteer for most of my life. Um, so I had learned quite a lot about community development, you know, just that through that on the ground volunteering in organizations. And I still volunteer in my local um, Gary Owen Community Development Project. I still volunteer there. Um, so those two things combined, um, really, I really wanted to work in a community development sort of way in trying to find you know, supports for people the best way that I could and then using just my own lived experience up to that point, which was of being a single parent and having a child with different needs and, you know, and all those other experiences that everybody brings so many different experiences with them. Um, so that led me then on my path in working in mental health. And, you know, I'm really, really passionate about it. And it's actually an area that I find incredibly inspiring as well because of the people that I meet. People like Mike and Killian and other people that I have worked with, you know, the peers, the people who would have come into Limerick Mental Health Association using the services. Um, and just how amazing they are. But also the people who put their hands up and say, I want to change something. I want to be part of the solution. Um, you know, and, and and supporting then their peers who are coming along with them who maybe don't want to be, you know, don't want to go into education or anything like that, but are want to get the benefits from it, which is which is great. Um, it just inspires me continuously. And people like Neil Wallace as well. Then you know, when you have leaders like Neil who are willing to take on the mantle of trying to achieve change in an organisation. Um, you know, from the inside out is really, really amazing. And then with the new organization I'm working with, which is Mental Health Ireland, I'm working with them now just since January. And just when I see the background work that goes on continuously, and it's people with lived experience and supporters working side by side continuously to try and improve services and provide services and supports and recovery education to everybody in the island of Ireland and to organizations like Midwest Series as well and the fantastic work that you do. So I suppose... My path is different in that I'm not a peer, but you know, as a supporter, I'm working within services. I've learned so much from other people. I think, I hope I, other people have learned from me as well. But um, you know, it, there's just more than one path. And what I would say too, if anybody is thinking of embarking on like one of the courses, is you know, if you embark on something and it's not working out, you can stop. There's going to be learning in it, even at the very least, you would have learned that's not for me. You know. Or if there's somebody that you see, maybe somebody today or somebody in another organization and they're doing work that you're thinking, do you know what? I actually think I would like to do that. Email them, ask them what was their pathway. I know they'd be more than happy to help you out and to point you in the direction maybe that they came as well. Definitely fair. And look, all I'm getting for, and I know this because working with people like yourself and Mike and, and Killian is the passion. Um, and I think that's what drives us in terms of working. And, 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 and you know, you find a pathway. If this is what you want just keep trying and there's a couple of questions here if you don't mind we're just going to kind of pivot slightly uh, it's it's on the same vein but um thank you for sharing your each individual pathways and it's great Claire, that we you know we saw different pathways so you know it doesn't have to be a kind of peer lived experience it, you can go through it in, in a different way if you've got a general in, interest in mental health um so i'm just going to go back here to a question from laura and it says, I'm interested in doing a peer support work. I already have a level eight, though. Is this possible? So does anyone feel they can answer that question? 
Yeah, I think yeah, she's a level eight already. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. I think the the peer support is a level eight as well. So um, yeah, she can. It's a certificate as well. So I think she wants to find out information on it. Definitely go to the DCU website as well, yeah. and even type in the peer support course and all the information is there and all the lectures that you need to contact. So I'll just to find out the question you need to because obviously I did the course a year and a half ago, so things might have changed a little bit as well. So hopefully that answers the question. Perfect. That's that's brilliant, Killian. And uh, if you need a follow up, um, Laura, please put it back into the Q and A. Um, Mike, I might come to you with this one, um, and it's around volunteering because obviously we have a, a group of volunteers, so you're probably well familiar what we need here. So, um, what would we need to start volunteering? You just you just Mike, I'll, I'll mute you. Thanks. And uh, and I suppose it's kind of as I would always say, no matter what you decide to volunteer in have your reasons why and know what you what you're in. and if you if you're interested in something well then it becomes easy you, you know it, it's almost like a hobby for the want of a better word or not necessarily you might have different goals whereas i think like margaret kitty and myself we came into this as volunteers and now it's it's a career and um so I suppose, so just on volunteering, all you need is a commitment because like, no matter what you decide to do, and it's like, I, I still volunteer and I volunteer in different groups. And that again, it's about being the best person, version of the person that you can be. And it's like Claire said, she's still involved with the Gary Owen uh, Community Development Project. And I think it's really important um, yeah, to get involved. And I suppose like, it's back to what happens when you ask people. So again, you know, for us at the moment, we can take on volunteers, uh, we're restricted. And, uh, but like once things get back to normal, we'll be looking for people who are interested, you, you know, so that's the way we work. Um, you know, so, but again, choose your topic, choose something you're interested in, something you're passionate about, and then it becomes really meaningful. Because again, I know we talk a lot about, uh, you know, personal recovery, but the CHIME model, you know, it's even coming up in this here about like, you know, so CHIME e is empowerment, you know, and we might put a link to this into the follow-up email, Marvin, as well to, to the CHIME framework, because like e is empowerment, education is empowering. And if you get an education, in anything, even if it's come to a Midwest Aries workshop and ask for a certificate of attendance, you have that for the rest of your life. Nobody can take it away. And so whether that's a level four, five, six, or anything at all. So that's really, you. nobody else can do that for you on yourself. And that's empowerment, you know, in action, you know, by wanting to volunteer and get involved in something. So we look at meaning and purpose in our lives. Volunteering, that's what works. Joining a group, you're connecting with others. That's the C in the chime, you know. And as I would say, what does hope? Always hope for me is always about the future, something to look forward to. So if you become involved in a group, you know, whether it's recovery education or anything else, well, I'm looking forward to that next week. You know, even if it's coaching a kid's team, God is great. Now we have the match on Sunday, normality is back. You know, so again, it's, it, it is about trying something, but keep trying. It's like is it, we have the quote of one of our workshops where it's like Thomas Edison, like who was a famous scientist, you know, uh, and it's uh, it, the gist of it is basically I, I tried 10,000 ways that didn't work before I found the right one. And life is like that. So it's about that motivation. Just keep going, you know, um, it's really good, you know.
Brilliant, Mike, and, and thanks for that. And as I said, volunteering has always been part of my life. I think it it, it, it feeds the soul in a different way and it, it's about giving back as well. So um, yeah. definitely. And just on that, if we if anyone is interested at any stage ever becoming a volunteer with Midwest Aries or with or a mental health association, contact Claire, but also with us. And again, because it's just a line there, is there training available? Absolutely. We have a yeah. comprehensive training program um, as well, you know. So again, there's huge learning in that as well. It's in and I was going to come to that actually as well. And if we have time, um, we have some slides there in terms of um, courses um, that you know you can you can look at. But we'll see where we go. Either way, I'll make sure that we send you out a learning pack afterwards that will give you some resources or signposting if we don't get to it. So don't worry about that. We do have some interesting questions coming in. I'd like to share them with you. And just again, it's that anxiety piece. Um, so we have uh, we have a question here in terms of anxiety stopped me from getting involved in the past, but I find when you get involved, people are very supportive and I'm just delighted that you're there. So true, Gina. What advice would you give to others that feel held back by anxiety? So we'll take that one first and then have another follow-up question. So what advice would you give to others when, when they feel they're held back by anxiety? I'll come in there and it's 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 a, it's a question that comes up and even with our facilitators as well and you know when we're in workshops and everything and sometimes just by turning up your presence is enough never underestimate the power of your presence alone you know that you don't have to perform it's not about being perfect you know it's not about getting a score it's just about you know, if you're in a, you know, and, a, and an example might be, you know, you might just share something in a workshop and say, look, God, you know, that reminded me of something and, you know, of a time in my life. And here's what I did. And that is that's the magic of what we do. That's the power of what we're doing. So what does that look like to a person who may be suffering that that piece of anxiety? I'm unsure. I'm uncertain. They've been heard. They've been listened to. They've been validated. They've it's been reflected back that this is real. Yes, and I've been there. And but yes, when we look, what does we, we're a corporate education for? We're looking for well, what helped me is, and I'm sharing that. And that's what we do in act. That's the action. And then for that person to hear all of that to be believed, to be heard, and then to come away with God, I could actually try this now, or there's options and choices. You know. So again, it is about. You, you know, and we've all feel it when we walk into a room full of people, you, you know, it's kind of, oh, they're all looking at me. But once you get over that threshold, the, it, it's positive risk taking, you, you know, and that's what is about. So it's that leap of faith and there's huge benefits, you know, in making that leap. But that doesn't mean, as I said, recovery education might be simple, but it's not easy. In the same way of managing anxiety, we might know all the things to do and because uh, it's, it's not easy, uh, but it's worth it when you do. Um, Absolutely, Mike. And I, I think I'd just add to that in terms of particularly if you're working in mental health, if those issues come up, there's a, a great group of supportive people who understand that and get that. And that really helps. Um, Again, just following up on that, and I might put this either to Claire or Killian if you want to either come in, because there is one last question. We're, we're bounding through the time now. I'm looking at the time. Where's it going? It's brilliant. Um, this is a really good one here. I've tried courses, but have become um, too overwhelmed with anxiety, and I always have to give up. It frustrates me because I have so much life experience, and I'd be so good at working in mental health or with, or with domestic abuse. Um, so I don't know. Um, 
Claire, uh, if you want to just yeah, come in there to, first. Yeah, I'd be happy to, but I would welcome Killian's input as well, you know, as a peer. But what I would say is, you know, you learn something different every time, even though you may not complete something, you learn something else about yourself that has allowed you to get as far as you get with each of those. And, you know, it's building on those experiences. So you're like, you're taking steps that might seem small steps to you, or maybe they're actually huge steps that might seem like small steps you think they seem like small steps to other people but you're taking steps to support yourself and you're taking steps to increase you know your ability to attend a course and eventually you will get there have patience with yourself is what i would say but what i would also say is you know when you are attending a course if you can contact whoever's facilitating the course in advance if you if you feel you can and ask them for their support there may be a way that they can support you that you can attend in a way that you know isn't doesn't raise your anxiety levels. It may very well be that you might be able to watch a recording after the event. It may very well be that you can attend online and have your camera and your mic off. You know, there are so many ways that you can be supported. And I know that anyone in recovery education would be happy to support you in a way that they can. Um, and it may even be about you know having conversations with you about what exactly will happen. You know what the layout of the course is like different things like that that might help you um that they'll be more than happy to give you that information but what i will say is you're like keep trying you will get there there's loads of times you know that i start stuff and at times i'm like oh god i don't know if i can do this and talk to people looking at me and you know there there's so many different anxieties that might come up for me as well and i know i don't live with anxiety and i'm not saying that but what i will say is there is support out there but you're do keep going you will get there. It's all about little pathways for you. And, you know, I, I support you. And if I can, do reach out to me. Great stuff, Claire. And thanks so much for that. And Killian, just from your perspective in terms of as a peer educator. Yeah, exactly. I think just to echo what Claire was saying as well, I think it's important just to appreciate all the good work that you're doing. And the journey is the reward, as I always say, that you're, you are doing the best you can with what course you're doing. And you're taking something on board each time you do a course. But I think it's just trying to do a course that I suppose will be suitable at that particular time. Like Claire said, there's so much support out there as well that can help if you can do it online or get in touch with the lectures or whatever course you're doing at the moment and just get that support that you needed around that particular time and that's really important as well you don't want to feel lost or anything in a course that you're doing it so I think it's just linking out the appropriate supports that will help you and ease that anxiety as well around it as well so just to echo what Claire said as well she she nailed it in the head yeah and I just even just join in again I think but it's really important what Claire was saying there's learning to be had by trying because when you when you back up the truck here, why are we here today? Why are we doing this webinar? It's called Lifelong Learning Festival. So lifelong learning, we never stop. So even if you do, you know, a bit of a course here, a bit of a course there, and all of those components, you know, can lead us to, you know, living a better and more complete life. So it's and again, you know, it, it's like the line, you know, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. But recovery and mental health is all about the process. And it can be that non-linear piece when we look at what are the characteristics of chime, that up and down thing, the trial and error piece. This is all the stuff that's coming up here. And, uh, and really, I suppose it's, yeah, it, it, it is that keep trying piece as well, because there's learning to be taken from everything. And we learn from each other. That's peer support in action as well. Absolutely, Mike. And um, I'm just looking at the time there. And there's one question I want to 
get in for all you before we leave. But again, somebody's just come in there asking for a friend in Mayo. Is there a service similar to Midwest Aries? And of course there is. And, and, and thank you for the shout out. We're doing a great job service. That's brilliant. Good to get that feedback. Um, but Mayo Recovery College, just fantastic. Our friends up there, Karen, um, they, they do a great job. But I, what I would suggest is go on to Mental Health Ireland and they have all the details of all the recovery colleges nationwide. And hopefully you'll find a fit for you. But remember, we're online. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can attend any of our um, any of our courses and we'd love to have you. Um, I just want to kind of finish up because again, we're on, we're in the final straights. And uh, what's really interesting that that anxiety piece came up in ter terms of starting something new. So I know from my own experience, you know, coming into this job, um, there is, as I said, an emotional toil element to it. So I'd really like to kind of just see how you keep yourself boundaried and safe within the role that you have um, and what kind of self-care tips do you have? I think it's just worthwhile having that final conversation before we finish up. Um, so I'll just keep looking at the Q&A, but I'll hand it over to, um, uh, I don't know, Killian. we'll hand it over yeah. to you to start and then Perfect. we'll go because you're a great man for, 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 uh, for meditation and mindfulness, yeah. I know. That's what I was going to suggest as well. I think exercise for me, for my own self-care, plays a huge part in my life. And it's not even about doing long, intensive workouts. It could be just a walk in nature or a walk on the beach just to decompress after a long day of work. Uh, and it just brings you back to the here and now as well. Um, journaling as well helps me a lot. When I've known to talk to at a particular time, I journal my thoughts, ideas, whatever's going on in my head. And it just makes me put pen to paper and see clarity as well. I practice gratitude, a gratitude journal as well. Another thing that I do that I find really beneficial, just writing down a couple of things that are going good in my life. And it helps me focus on the positive things rather than the negative as well. So I think I just, I do a lot of self-care things, but I think I make sure I maintain it and sustain it on a daily basis because I know that'll keep me well and keep the mindset ticking over as well. And it just has a compound ripple effect on my overall well-being day to day. So I suppose that's how I look after myself with the self-care, Margaret. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Um, I don't know, Claire, will we go to yourself next? Sure. Yeah. Um, there's a few things I do, but um, I'm a RAF facilitator, so I have a RAF plan and I have my wellness tools. So it's uh, like an imaginary toolbox. So depending on the situation, I might uh, pull it. I might decide to watch a movie for an evening. Joe, if I want to quite even, if I've had a lot, a, quite a lot of day uh, of the day has been maybe on Zoom or doing meetings or stuff like that. Um, I can talk for Ireland, but eventually I do need a break. So, you know, I might decide to just uh, watch a quiet movie at home, um, you know, in a quiet room for a couple of hours. Um, I definitely love walking. But one of my favorite things to do is um, chatting. So I love you know, connecting with a friend. And it might be a case of that to may maybe something came up for me in the day that, you know, I'm, I'm worried about or I'm well, as I'm reflecting, I'm maybe being a bit hard on myself about so then I might speak maybe to one of my colleagues or, you know, to one of my, my family members or one of my friends and just say, this is what's after and this is bugging me, and, you know, and they might give me a bit of support or even just give me that listening ear where I can just get it all out, you know, out of my head. Um, but then also what I love to do is just have chats, you know, so I might just ring up somebody or meet someone and talk about the weather and where you're going on holidays and, you know, and all that other stuff. But it really distracts me then. But it's almost like giving my brain a refresh. Um, and when, you know, I have been able to yet, but um, I do love um, going to a beach when I can um, and just going for a nice walk and all that, all the lovely stuff, that, you know, that wind sometimes just like shakes out all the cobwebs. So I've loads of bits and pieces, but they're my main ones, um, my wellness tools. Brilliant, Claire. Thanks. And Mike, 
last but not least. Um, yeah. um, and again, <laughs> when Claire was saying chatterbox, again, I'm another chatterbox. And again, but again, I do like my quiet time. And I, and I think there's something I have. I have routine. Routine is really important, but there's stuff like we say getting to the seaside and particularly in lockdown. I, it's, I struggled. I found it really challenging and I couldn't wait for, you know, the restrictions to be lifted because the things that resource me, I didn't have access to. And that could be taken off on a nice, crisp, cold winter's day, heading down to La Hinch or anywhere in County Clare, you know, Kilkey, you know, Fenor, getting a walk on the beach, feeling that air. And that, I suppose, nourishes my soul. And, and when that wasn't there, I was struggling. I was disconnected from friends. I'm not from Limerick, we say, in our family um, on the other side of the country. And you couldn't go there. And like, I really found that hard. And, um, you know, so I would have a number of things. So it would be like gardening, feeding the birds and, and everything else. And I suppose, but really, I think this evening now, I'm going over to see my granddaughter. And that is pure magic. It's, it's all in the moment. It's all about the crack. It's all about having fun. And that in itself is just so grounding. You know, you can be thinking about anxiety and worrying about this, that and the other. But look at the small child. She's two and a half. And um, they have it all. They have it down pat, as they say. So, thanks, Margaret. No, absolutely, and it, it is that it's that living in the moment piece. It's so important, and uh, yeah, uh, certainly a target. Go on. Sorry, Claire. Go ahead. No, because I just I realized it was one part, but maybe I didn't answer, which is around the boundaries. And boundaries can be really, really difficult when you're yeah. passionate and you're and and you know support people are being a support to you and you're being a support to other people. But it's very, very important to mind them. So. For me with work, I, I, I'm lucky that I have a separate work phone, so I put that away when my time is done. I try, especially with working from home over the past while, you know, it could be so easy to just get stuck in the emails. I sure I might as well just go in and get started. But I've tried to be strict with myself and not to do that so I can mind my boundaries there. But I usually find with boundaries for me in a way, if I'm supporting people, is honesty is the best policy that I tell people in advance what I have space to give them. Um, and then, you know, that usually creates a very honest relationship then. And then, you know, that really helps the boundaries as well. That's not to say they don't slip from time to time because they do. But I always try and remember to bring them back to where I want them to be and where I feel supported, and where I feel safe as well. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's so important. We could have a whole webinar. Maybe that's something we need to do on boundaries and keeping yeah. safe, particularly in terms of using your lived experience um in this work so maybe that's that's an, another one that we could possibly look at yeah. um we're, we're two minutes over yeah. um but you know what the the chat has been fantastic i just wanted there's a couple of just um pieces here on the the questions and then we'll literally finish up we'll just say our goodbyes um and just do a little bit of signposting if we can um Many thanks to Laura. She's saying very good webinars. Thanks, guys. Um, somebody anonymous there. Well done, everybody. Excellent webinar. Thank you so much. It's our first time out. This is it's great to get that feedback. And um, and just with regards to feedback, uh, I've put into the chat area there um, uh, a feedback form. It's really important for us, particularly when we're starting something new like this, to get feedback from yourselves as participants as to how the, what the experience was like for you. We want to improve if we can. It only takes a couple of minutes and we would really appreciate it. Anyone who attends today, um, if we can, but we might actually just send it to the general um, sign up, we'll send you out a learning pack which will give you that signposting. We can't get through everything. It's only an hour. We could spend 
two, three hours looking at all the different courses. Um, but um, we will send that out to you so you'll have it. And obviously you can still, you can always contact us and keep in touch with us via our social media. We're at Midwest Aries. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, not TikTok yet. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so again, just another thank you there. Great session. Thank you for all the information and inputs and experiences. Um, thanks, Steph, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming, great to have you here. Um, and just somebody reflecting there, it's the anxiety that demands perfection. Never a true award said. Unfortunately, not finishing doesn't get you a job. It's qualifications. Stick no, I, 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 I'm looking at that one. Make it not, quick. <laughs> not, but, not, but not in recovery education. Okay. If you became a volunteer or competent and completed the training and were dependable, reliable, naturally enough, there's an interview process. We have to follow that. But if you give a good interview and you're volunteering, back to the volunteering piece, and you are good at volunteering and committed, and you know, if somebody with lived experience, the, the, cru the crucial piece working in recovery education is that you have lived experience as a service user, family member, or you're a staff member, you know, as in a clinician. And if you're any of those, you're now qualified to work in recovery education. Thanks, Mike. No, 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 you're absolutely right. It's and it's just to give that sense of, you know, we wouldn't be here without that, you know, and that understanding. So um, thank you so much. We have gone a little bit over. Thanks for your patience. Um, I just want to say my own thanks to the panelists for a brilliant discussion. I think we could have had another hour easily on this um, and we may revisit in some form again. Um, delighted to let you know that we'll be having a monthly webinar in partnership with Clare and Mental Health Ireland um, from next month. Uh, I can't remember the, the time, but we have the timetable there and we'll be sending it out to you when we're sending the learning pack out. It is all about resilience. Um, and I think that's a really key topic for, as we emerge from lockdown. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. So thanks to, to, to the panelists, thanks to the, you as participants and being so interactive and asking really insightful questions and um, hope that we got to answer them. Reach out to us if you need more information. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to pass to my panelists to say their goodbyes and then we'll sh shut down the, uh, the event. So I'll say um, thanks to Margaret for doing such an amazing job of facilitating that. Thank you. It was brilliant. Um, and thanks uh, for having me and thanks to the attendees for coming along and asking those fantastic questions. Um, and don't forget, uh, you can email Mental Health Ireland. Our webpage is mentalhealthireland.ie. You'll find contact details there for so much of the stuff that we have been talking about. Um, so do hit us up if you want more information. Thank you. Great stuff, Mike. Do you want to say goodbye there? Yeah, okay. I'll say goodbye, everyone. And again, thanks again to the participants. And a big shout out to Sonia in Mental Health Ireland. We wouldn't be on this webinar. Someone has to put all the strings and the nuts and the bones. It just does. The magic just doesn't happen. And um, so, again, brilliant support there. Uh, much appreciated. But again, great engagement. I love those questions. Uh, as what makes it worthwhile. It's a brilliant way to engage. And hopefully we'll see you at the next webinar as well. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. And Killian. Yeah, I'll just say goodbye as well quickly as well. So thanks a million to all the participants. Really great questions. Really enjoyed today's session. And just thanks to Margaret, Mike and Claire for facilitating as well with me today. I really enjoyed it. So thanks, everyone. And we'll see you again soon, maybe at the next webinar at the end of June, the resilience one. So thanks a million, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. See you again soon. And we'll be sending out a learning pack 
with the signposting in it. So don't worry, you will be getting that. And if you don't, contact myself, Margaret at mentalhealthireland.ie if you need more information. That's Margaret at mentalhealthireland.ie. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Midwest Aries in partnership with Mental Health Ireland. You can find us across all social media platforms at Midwest Aries. Thank you and see you next month.